Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 12th, 2018. I'm your host, Jim Swift, stepping in for Charlie Sykes, who is traveling back from Montana, where he had a speaking engagement. I'm joined in studio today by Jenna Lifitz and Michael Warren. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. So, Jenna, Supreme Court, Rand Paul, privacy. Is Rand Paul going to grandstand with Rand to try and make Trump's day even worse? Well, he's been staying quiet all week. Um, Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, issued a concurring opinion back in 2015 that certainly suggests that he and Senator Paul are on completely opposite sides of the surveillance debate. Um, Rand issued a tweet on Monday night and said he's keeping an open mind, uh, whereas Justin Amash, his House colleague, really beat down on this 2015 opinion that Kavanaugh issued and said he warned that he's not another Gorsuch um, and to be wary of his record on surveillance. So I guess we'll see on Sunday when he's on the Sunday shows. Is there any pushback from um, from Mitch McConnell? I mean, it's a home, his fellow Kentuckian. Is, is there any sort of possibility that there could be a, a leaning on him by, by McConnell to say, listen, you know, don't screw this up for, for all of us? Or, I think there's definitely potential for that. I think um, currently the focus is on Murkowski and Collins mostly and the uh, three Democrats who voted for Gorsuch, Heidi Heitkamp, uh, Joe Donnelly and Joe Manchin. Um, But Rand Paul has given in and voted despite ideological differences before. Uh, He voted to confirm Secretary of State Mike Pompeo after discussing the matter with the president. And And didn't he tweet something that he wouldn't support him and then he, he waffled on that? Yes, he held a press conference where he said he's going to block uh, both Gina Aspel and Mike Pompeo and sort of suggested he would do everything he could to stop both of them. But he only ended up voting against um, Haspel, and that was due to her involvement um, in the enhanced interrogation techniques. And, and she got through. I mean, it wasn't yes. as if his, vo- his, vote, his vote made a difference. I mean, it just seems to me that... Um, this is all sound and fury, right? I mean, Rand is if they if they if they're not worrying about him, then then this is just this is just something that he can do to say to sort of uh, buck up his own libertarian credentials. I mean, imagine if it came down to Rand Paul's vote and Kavanaugh didn't get confirmed because of Rand Paul. I mean, at the very least, he would get a primary challenge uh, the next time he runs for uh, for reelection. Right. I doubt that'll happen. I think a more plausible scenario is. We learn that uh, Collins and Murkowski are no longer issues and that this nominee has some red state Dems. And then Rand Paul will have this sort of cushioning to issue an ideologically opposed vote to Kavanaugh. But mm. even so, voting against – it's not every day that we you get to vote on a Supreme Court <laughs> right. nominee when you're in the Senate. So voting against someone who's mostly in line with you – um, it just seems like a big political bet. A lot of these, you know, things are, are clearly ideological disagreements that Rand Paul kind of has that differ from probably the majority of Republican senators. But in the Senate, a lot of it is also transactional. You recall years ago during the Obama administration, Rand Paul filibustered and demanded like a letter from Eric Holder saying that like we're not going to use drones to kill people sipping tea at cafes or something. Has he gotten anything after, after talking to Trump? Have we heard of anything, you know, like hemp in the farm bill or, you know, raw milk or, you know, other libertarian <laughs> issues uh, of importance? Related to surveillance and Kavanaugh? Or, yeah, or it could be unrelated. I mean, do, do we know if he's got, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. But, I mean, has he gotten anything for that flip or anything? Oh, for the Pompeo flip? Yes, yes. I'm not sure. Um, I, in terms of 
just this Kavanaugh, I'm sure, I'm not sure because you can never be 100%, but I'm pretty sure that Paul will raise this surveillance issue with Kavanaugh if and when they meet. Um, I the, the severity and the strength of Kavanaugh's concurring opinion in this case makes me believe that it is unlikely he will shift towards Paul's opinion mm-hmm. um, on this. There are very, I can't imagine that they would be on more opposite sides of this debate. Kavanaugh is national security, Trump's, you know, personal liberty or privacy in some cases. Paul literally wrote an an op-ed at the same time as Kavanaugh, around the same time as Kavanaugh issued this opinion, saying the exact opposite. Yeah. So I don't know if Kavanaugh is going to flip or move closer to Paul. And he probably uh, wouldn't say it anything after, you yeah. know, kind of at the Bork standard right now. You know, they just kind of only talk about their previous reasoning and he would never na- announce a, a flip, right. at least publicly. Uh, so Michael Warren has been paying attention to the uh, struck uh, hearings or circus, uh, depending on what you want to call it, over in the House. Uh, before we, it's about uh, almost one o'clock here on uh, Thursday. And I think only like six people have been able to ask questions so far. And we have like 70 more members who each can get up to five minutes, which, you know, like um, with soccer time, you know, the five minutes aren't literal five minutes. It it gets extended because of the back and forth. Right. As we've seen already um, today uh, in the first I think it was after the very first question that Peter struck the FBI agent uh, got from Trey Gowdy uh, that was interrupted by these points of uh, parliamentary procedure and points of inquiry and all these sort of back and forth. Uh, and that was just on the first question. That took about 15 minutes to even get through all of that. Is that when they tried to subpoena the records uh, or they were they trying to subpoena Paul Manafort? Was that? No, well, no, the, no, that it was not, not Paul Manafort. It was uh, uh, Steve Bannon. I mean, it was, Steve just, Bannon, yes. it was all this ridiculous stuff. But I think uh, the, look, the upshot to this hearing, which could change you know uh, i've watched a couple of hours of it now but um so by the time this podcast hits something could change i find it highly unlikely that it will change um but essentially what you have as i I think i said on i think i said this on twitter the 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 hearing is sort of like what twitter would be like in real life everybody's kind of got their own message they're trying to send here um you've got uh uh you've got sort of democrats sniping at republicans uh for the way that they're conducting this uh they're not releasing the full transcripts of the closed door uh interview that uh peter struck gave last week that was like 11 hours long uh republicans are really trying to hammer that uh that peter struck was biased and trying to get him to uh, admit that he was biased, which he does admit. And then he claims that that bias uh, against Donald Trump that was revealed in these text messages with his uh, with his uh, uh, girlfriend, the uh, another FBI agent, Lisa Page, uh, FBI employee, Lisa Page, uh, that that he was not in any way influenced by that bias in his investigation of either the Clinton emails uh, uh, investigation or now the Trump Russia investigation. And then Peter Strzok, of course, takes the time to sort of filibuster and give like what I would consider a, you know, multi-threaded tweet, you know, nine or ten tweets uh, sort of extolling the virtue of the FBI uh, and castigating Republicans for calling that virtue into question. So it's all a big mess. I think the upshot of this is that Republicans don't have anything on Strzok in terms of actual uh, actions 
uh, that struck uh, did as an FBI agent, so the top top agent running the investigation on the Russia investigation uh, on, on the Russia collusion, uh, that shows that that bias had any sort of influence on a decision. They're they're trying here and there to it, it sort of insinuate that um, that he was involved in decisions not to prosecute or not to recommend prosecution of Hillary Clinton, but they really got none of the goods. And so what we're left with is a kind of um, just trying to uh, draw out as much as they can that struck made uh, some uh, some some uh, issued these text messages, sent these text messages that uh, show that he really did not like Donald Trump. I mean, it, it, it certainly casts doubt on the Mueller investigation. We can see that in the polls. They've been doing this now for months. Um, but ultimately, there's no there there. And uh, and so we're left with kind of a circus. Oh, and my favorite part of the circus, I think, was when Goodlot was um – Ins- insisting that struck good lad who's the chairman of the house judiciary committee who's one of the two committees who's conducting this yeah because it's a, jo- a joint uh made uh, struck basically you know sort of like apologize to loudon county voters because he suggested that they you know trump supporters in loudon county were all rednecks and everything and you know we have more of this coming i think didn't lisa page just reach an agreement um i think right before we hopped in here to uh to testify as early as tomorrow or right. maybe monday right so, so, so Page, the, the 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 other FBI agent or FBI employee, I should say, she was not an agent like Struck, is not an agent like Struck. She is going to testify, I suppose. But again, I mean, what is the point of all this? I mean, I I'm not one of those people who thinks the FBI is beyond reproach. There was some discussion here that uh, over over whether or not Goodlatte was going to hold Struck in contempt of Congress for not answering the questions that he was being asked. Struck was making the point that he was um, told by FBI counsel uh, that not to answer any questions about the Russia investigation because it was ongoing, that this was the recommendation. Um, I think uh, – uh, and you saw a lot of kind of like lefties on Twitter sort of say um, – they're, they're threatening him with contempt of Congress. Well, look, I mean, Congress does have oversight ability over the executive branch. The FBI is a part of the executive branch. Uh, but it seems to me that then you want to put somebody like Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, in front of Congress to say, why can't this agent answer questions? Um, so – there, there, the, the idea that Strzok is, and, and Page were biased and that has absolutely no bearing on their investigations is just not true. I mean, it could be that they their bias did somehow influence the investigations that influenced the elections or have influenced now the Mueller investigation. Um, I just would like to see some proof, and I think the Republicans don't have any. Doesn't it make sense that he can't answer questions about the investigation? It's the same standard that every other – same standard that Ray is held to and – That's and right. Yeah. And again, I think that makes my point that if they yeah. want to if – if Congress wants to make this an issue, they ought to go to the top. They ought to go to Ray, um, who, again, is a Trump a appointee or, or have a closed hearing, which they did. Um, and I think – I think that it, this is all just—it's all just theater. I mean, let's not let's like not have any um, uh, illusions about what the Republicans are doing, what the Democrats are doing, what really what Struck and the FBI are doing as well. Um, It's—I uh, think they're using this opportunity. Remember, Struck is not under subpoena; he's here voluntarily to kind of rebuild their reputation, which has been unfairly um, uh, maligned. But uh, this is all sort of theatrics. Um, the 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 only 
sticking issue here is that this is something the president is very much paying attention to, and he's tweeting about it. Uh, uh, he's been tweeting about it leading up to today's hearing. Um, I don't know. He's probably itching at some of these meetings in the UK that he's at to like be uh, sort of watching on his C-SPAN app on his phone. <laughs> so um, we'll see. But this is this does have an influence on the way the president thinks about the Mueller investigation, and, and in that sense, the circus is worth paying attention to. So political odds making time for, for Jenna here and for Mike. Stormy Daniels was arrested last night in Columbus, Ohio at a strip club. Apparently, Ohio has something called the Community Decency Act. What are the odds that the arrest of Stormy Daniels come up in Congress in a hearing in the next two days? Because you would have thought like 10 years ago, like, no way, no way this happens. In the next two days? Yeah, between today and maybe tomorrow or Monday. No, I I find that highly highly unlikely. I'm, it's yeah, it's a weird story, and it's like I can't quite figure out are these cops just trying to 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 get some attention for themselves? It doesn't sound like what cops want to do, but the arrest of uh, a stripper at a strip club for um, uh, Time, the for, for for touching, pa- touching, letting patrons touch. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it just it seems like a ridiculous uh, a, a ridiculous. It seems like a an effort to get some attention. I don't quite know why they're doing it. Um, uh, I just think you know, uh, if if that's what you're worried about going into strip clubs in Columbus uh, and and trying to see if some famous uh, uh, porn star is 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 violating this you know sort of old old archaic blue law. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they need some more funding or something. Of, wants and, more attention. And of course, the, the the police's response on this was that it was undercover people that were part of a, a sex trafficking investigation. And uh, of course, you, <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. No, and it's you know that's going to be tied to the whole QAnon conspiracy theory now. That you know, it's 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 2018. Um, well, guys, I appreciate you uh, joining us here on a short, abbreviated podcast. Uh, Quasi not safe for work at the end. Um, <laughs> Charlie Sykes will be back in the office tomorrow. Um, I, uh, he's apparently coming to D.C. for the weekend. So you guys will uh, have the, the good host back after JBL and I had to mind the store. And we, we thank you for listening. 